to the Severich Cinema Club. This is part two of our Oscars mega cast. I am here joined by my amazing co-hosts for the evening. We have Mitch Lerner. Hello, Mitch. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Hello. 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 Uh, thank you for having my name first this uh, this week because last week I was second. So I appreciate the ega- the egalitarian podcasting that you're doing. That's right. That's right. Um, I always try to be an egalitarian. That's my most important. That's my middle name, actually. Um, so yeah, that's a fun fact. And speaking of egalitarian, here comes Mr. Egalitarian himself, Matt Sferacino. Hey, Frank. That's so funny. Egalitarian is also my middle name. Whoa. Yeah. Mitch, what's your middle name? Egalitarian. So close. (laughs) Oh, with, with an A. Yeah. 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 Oh man. That would have been crazy if we were all egalitarian. That would have been crazy. Yeah, that would have been been nuts. Now we're just three regular guys hanging out, but that would have been nuts. (laughs) Well, we're three regular guys hanging out, but we're also three regular guys hanging out, talking about film and cinema, the finer things in life. Movies. Movies. And gentlemen, I have something uh, that I want to share with you right now, and that is my audio because... It's time to play the film feud. Welcome to the film feud, everybody. This is the film feud. All right. So um, as you know, the family feud uh, is hosted uh, by Steve Harvey and it show, uh, you, you, uh, I don't know why I'm explaining the family <laughs> feud right now, but you can watch the family feud at, for the film feud. Uh, they they display, or they, um, they, um, they, 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 they talk about, um, you know, survey results. Right. And they give like the top 10 answers to like survey questions. Well, for this one, our survey results are going to be Oscar winners Ooh. from a particular Particular decade. So we're going to go back and forth Ooh. taking turns. And I want to see if you guys can name the 10 best picture winners from the 1990s. Well, I Oof. picked the wrong week to not prepare for this podcast. <laughs> I was overprepared last week and did nothing this week. So this is going to be good. This is good, though. I like, you know, freshening up with like some of the past movies before we get into, right. into this year's stuff. Ooh, 90s. That's exactly so right. So Mitch and I are like alternating and we can just throw out. Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So, so, and, and just to be Ooh. transparent, mm-hmm. it's 1990 to 1999. I, I'm not including 2000. So that, that gives us 10 movies. Um, I think some of them are, are, will probably jump to the front of your mind and, and, and you, I'm sure you guys have some locks, but there are some, there, there's, there's some other ones in here as well. I have, so, uh, yes. I have an important question, Frank, which is, yes. is this the year? So 1990 to 1999, is it the year the movie was released or the year of the Oscars ceremony? It, it's the year of the ceremony. Ooh, very, oh, it's going to make very it good. Very good question. Okay. Is this multiple yeah. choice? <laughs> I mean, in the sense that you each get a turn to give an answer and you can choose from multiple things that you're thinking of what you think any of the 10 best picture winners are. 
Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mitch, we're going to start with you. Uh, We're coming to you first. Give us one of the 10 best picture winners from the 1990s. One of the 10. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Is Forrest Gump one of the best picture winners? Yes, it is. 1994. Forrest Gump. Uh, that is uh, 1994. Produced by Wendy Feinerman, Steve Tisch, and Steve Starkey. There you go. Okay. Steve Squad. The Steve Squad. Uh, Matthews Barzino. Um, one of the best picture winners from the 1990s. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start with an easy one. Titanic. Titanic is is Titanic one of our answers show me Titanic good answer that is 1997 Titanic see Frank I'm pretty sure that that I think that's the release year well I'm on oscars.org right now which has all the Oscar it's the Academy's website so maybe it is the year that it was released but it says it says 1997. So. It was released in 97. Okay. So then I guess this is the year of the release then. Okay. And that That's... makes sense looking at some of the other ones. So, okay, cool. Yeah, so that makes sense. It's the year of the release then. All it's right. the year of the release. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Okay. And I'm going to give the movie that broke the Oscars for a lot of our, uh, our, our friends here. Uh, Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love, Ross Godwin was not in love with it, but the Academy was. The Academy was in love with Shakespeare in Love. It's tough. That was 1998. Shout out to Harvey Weinstein. I don't know what that guy's up to no, now, but shout- he produced that love. <laughs> he didn't nix that shout out from the record. <laughs> shout out Saving Private Ryan, the movie that should have won yes. that year. And yes. I, I don't know. Yes. I haven't seen Shakespeare in Love, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but. You're fine. uh that was 1998 all right uh Um, the tables turn back to matt spersino um i am going to say um silence of the lambs silence of the lambs is silence of the lambs on the list Good answer. 1991, Silence of the Lambs. All right. We haven't had a miss yet. We've had uh, uh, four in a row right now. Mitch, can you keep the streak going? I might. I'm my one of my favorite movies as a kid. I remember a lot of the awards it got. I don't remember if it clinched Best Picture, but it got um, both acting awards and director and supporting actor. So I'm maybe supporting actor i think but so i'm gonna go ahead and say it uh as good as it gets mm. as good as it gets did as good as it gets win best picture in the 1990s oh ah, i am so sorry that is one x for mitch that's okay though you're still in the game matt we turn back to you give me a best picture winner from the 1990s um I'm going to go with the the movie that I I believe closed out the 90s as best picture which is uh American Beauty. American Beauty. Did American Beauty win best picture? 
It sure did in 1999. Shout out to Kevin Spacey. God damn, uh, what's Frank. That guy God damn up it. To? God, what? Like, what? A, you want to talk about American Beauty? <laughs> this, yeah. Uh, this might surprise you guys. That movie does not age very well. Interesting. And yeah. uh, you mean an adult man coercing a young woman <laughs> to be his lover? Mm. That yeah. movie wasn't too concerned about aging in general. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I happen to think that that movie was very good. <laughs> it's me, Frank Underwood. <laughs> Did you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but every, well, not every Thanksgiving, but for three Thanksgivings in a row, Kevin Spacey, after all the stuff came out, recorded videos as Frank Underwood <laughs> talking to camera, being oh like, they thought they brought me down, <laughs> but they'll never bring me down. It's, yeah. Like, it's I took those, so fucking weird. I, I took those as like weird, like joke things for a while. And then people surrounding the Epstein case started dying. And it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Wait, why was he? It was a, it was like a Thanksgiving tradition. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know why he did it, but every Thanksgiving for three years in a row, he recorded a video as Frank Underwood talking to camera after the all the allegations and everything terrible about what Kevin Spacey did came out, and he he. Here, I could play. I'll pull it up. You guys uh, talk was, for one it's second. Fine. It's fine. We it's don't need fine. to get them in here. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, we, we can. Don't. We can just. We can just agree that th those videos are probably not the worst thing he ever did. That that's very true. Um, uh, but American Beauty did win Best Picture, so there you go, Mitch. Uh, we return to you. Uh, give us a Best Picture winner from the 1990s. This is getting embarrassing. Um, well, don't don't feel too embarrassed. Don't overthink it. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Very fine film. Did Shawshank Redemption win Best Picture in the 1990s? Ah. I'm so sorry, Mitch. I am so, so sorry. Matt, can yes. you name a Best Picture winner from the 1990s? Um... We did. Um, oh, here's another one. I, I, I'm pretty sure this one best picture, but I've never seen it. English Patient. The English Patient. Did that win best picture in the 1990s? Show me English Patient. Good answer. Do English either, Patient won in 1996. Yeah. Do either of you know anything about I, the only reason I have even heard of that movie is I think, cause it won best picture. I don't know what it's about. Who's in it. Nothing. Ray Fiennes is in it. I know that okay. a young Ray Fiennes, a young Voldemort is in it. Um, young Voldy. And my mom went to see it and uh, I remember her liking it. Hmm. That's all I know about that movie. <laughs> all right. My mom, I remember my mom seeing it and shout out Fiennes, Frank's so. mom. Yeah. Hi mom. Someone who She's deserves a shout actually. out. <laughs> yeah. She probably is. Yeah, I, I endorse that shout out for sure. <laughs> Mitch, do you want to lob another guess in here? You have two X's you. now, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, count you out. I would love to give you the opportunity to get uh, to get in a final guess here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am going to 
guess a movie that came out in the 1990s <laughs> and won Best Picture. Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. Did Driving Miss Daisy win Best Picture in the 1990s? Show me Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, Mitch, you were so close. It is 1989. Driving oh, Miss Daisy came well, out. If we went did by it win the Best Picture, you said in the beginning. I know. I, and it did. Yes. I think I should I'm, get another lifeline on that one. I am very sure. So, was, was so it we Best will, Picture, though, Frank? It did win Best Picture. It Ooh. won Best Picture in 1989. Yes, um, you are correct, Mitch. You would have you would have won under that. Um, yeah, let's give Mitch. I, okay, give yeah, him sure. a mulligan. Mitch, I don't know. Yeah, you're, 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 you're running it, Frank. There are three extra trivia questions at the end of this, so oh I'm not going to count that as a point against him. And we'll we'll move on from the Family Feud aspect of this, like the pointed aspect of this. But we have what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six answers right now. Do you guys just for fun want to try to name the other four right now? I've I've got at least a couple more. Um, okay, give give us one more. We've done ninety. Give us all the ones you got. Uh, Braveheart ninety five. Braveheart 95. Yes, Braveheart 95. Um, Unforgiven, I believe, is one of them. Unforgiven. Show me Unforgiven. Oh, baby. Unforgiven in 1992. So what? years do we have left we have 90 and 93 you have 1990 you have 1993 and that's it yeah you have 1990 and 1993 and these are two movies you have heard you guys would both you guys have both heard of them and probably have seen both of them but maybe not but you definitely know these movies I think I know one of them. Mitch, you you have any other guesses you want to throw yeah, in? I mean, I have so lost this game. Um, <laughs> That's I, okay. Just get in there with a guess. I, I don't know. 1990, 19,93. Uh, if you've got anything that comes to mind, shout it out. All right. 1993. Oh, I do the, have I do have a guess, but you go ahead. No, no, no. What, go, go ahead. What do you got? I did the last Terms title. of Endearment. Terms of Endearment. Uh, so sorry watch (laughs) (laughs) it's a hard quiz i apologize uh matt go go ahead Uh, 93 jurassic park came out in 93 it did not win best picture but did schindler's list win that year it sure Uh, did matthew damn all right now we've got one left 1990 Now I have to get this. So, all right, 1990 um, is the year of Goodfellas, but it did not win Best Picture, I'm pretty sure, because I remember when Departed won, it was like, oh, Marty finally got Best Picture. Um, But what did win 1990? Um, Fuck. Um, man, so uh, I don't know. I uh, I know Goodfellas was nominated, I know Godfather Part Three was nominated, but that 
definitely did not win, or at least I think it was nominated. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I almost made it through this flawless, but I, I don't think I can close the deal here. Who frankly Wait, you're saying is we tied. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, there are more categories. First of all, I just want to say this Oscars website is fucked up because I just went onto another page to see all the nominees. And now they're saying that the movie that they said won in 1990 actually won in 1991. So I'm going to give you the point for Driving Miss Daisy, Mitch, because that was technically the 1990 Oscars. So, yes. Okay. This. Okay. We did it. We aced it. Yeah. Okay, here here is the movie that won. I'll do the nominees and then I will give you the winner at the end, okay? The nominees for Best Picture are Awakenings, Ghost, which is a movie I love, great movie, Godfather Part 3, Goodfellas, and your winner, Dances with Wolves. Oh, Fuck yeah. Kevin Costner. <laughs> I hate Kevin Costner too. Okay, a, great. I'm, I'm fine forgetting that movie. That movie sucks. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm going to give Matt a point or I'll give you however many points that you get for that. Uh, 100, 100 points. Uh, you get 100 points for that. Nice. Um, okay. There are three other questions that I have prepared for this. And then if you guys have any Oscar trivia, you can get in here too. Um, but this will be the end of the game here. Okay. So... Um, there is a, the Oscars have an amazing, uh, search tool, which lets you search all of the Academy Awards speeches and search, search them for data. I searched the, uh, Oscars database, and this goes back all the way in time to the first Academy Awards ceremony for the word God. How many, how many people would thank God in their, um, speech. So I want each of you to give me a guess. We'll do prices, right rules. Try not to do the jerky thing where you do one on top of the other or whatever. But wh- how many how many speeches do you think mentioned the word God? Is is it is it how many speeches or how many times the word God was said? Like if someone has a speech where they it's say how many, God, how many speeches? Yeah, how many? Right. Okay. If, if, if somebody said God ten times in their speech, it would just be one. Okay. Um, speech. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, this is pagan Hollywood, so it's going to be like <laughs> that's not my guess, but I'm just uh, you know, these, and, these godless liberals are really going to bring down the numbers, and it's we can't go over right prices, right? Rules that's what we said, yeah. I'll just give it to who's whoever's closer. Okay, I said prices, right? Rules, but I'm going back on that now. Do either of you have a guess? Um, yeah, I will say my guess is uh, 420. 420, baby. I love it. Okay. All right. I'm, Mitchell. Def- I'm definitely going to win here. You say 420. I will say 69 because it has to be closer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mitch, I have good news. It, you are closer. 164 speeches. Actually lower than I would have yeah. thought, too. 164 speeches. All right. How many speeches mentioned the word Satan? And uh, did, has anyone thanked Satan in their Academy Awards speech? 
Um, Kevin Spacey has one Oscar. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm just say one. I'm just okay. Yeah, I hope that there's one out there. All right, I'll go two. <laughs> You'll go two. Matt gets the point here. There was one oh! film that had the word Satan in the title. So uh, Satan was mentioned in an Oscar speech, but not formally thanked as a part of an Oscar speech. Unfortunately. He never gets his credit. You know, he never gets his he, due. He never gets his due. If you're um, listening after this, uh, the 2022 Oscars, this could be updated. <laughs> so please write this, in. Them. This might be immediately out of date. Um, Jane can't be going to uh, get up there and just go on. How many times has Billy Crystal hosted the Oscars? Ooh, that's a good one. Because, I mean, when we were kids, he was like the forever host. At he least was, it felt yeah. that way. He hosted a bunch. I'll say six. Six? Okay. Matthew? Um, I'll say five. Mitch, you get the point here. He has hosted six? nine times. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. Wow. Nine times. Good for 69. him. 69. He was there a great go. host. He was. Yeah, sure. People love a song uh, and dance, man. Mm-hmm. Has Jay Leno hosted the Oscars? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> but uh, it's very possible. I don't know. Mitch, what do you think? I mean... Maybe in one of those bleak '90s years where there was like you know a movie that uh, uh, I you know I got wrong. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, I'm, I'm because you're asking this question. I feel like the answer is yes, but I'm just I'm gonna say no. Okay. I would also like to say no, just because I hope it's not true. You are, you are both correct. Oh, Jay Leno has not hosted the Oscars. He's not a song and dance man. Um, here's here's a here's a list of the co-hosts for the 1983 Oscars: Liza Minnelli, okay. Dudley Moore, Richard Pryor, and Walter Matthau. <laughs> That sounds like an awesome show. <laughs> it sounds, it's a great Walter Matthau though was yeah. unexpected. What yeah. the fuck would those people talk about? They, they're, they're, I could not think of four people who would have less to say to each other. Very strange. Well, maybe it here's, was like rotating. Maybe it was like, you know, like, I don't know. Liza did the first hour yeah. and then Mathau came in. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking yeah, about like the green room. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> they're sharing checks mix like, and they have to chat with one another. And, um, and Mike Nichols is, uh, biography apparently there's a lot of stories i mean not, not apparently i read it there's a lot of stories um about math out just being absolutely impossible uh really just not a very nice guy uh i love i love his work i love watching him act but apparently he just like drove nichols during the odd couple specifically just drove him absolutely crazy and then he would like try to huh. change things in the performances on broadway so every couple of weeks nichols would have to fly in watch a performance and then redirect him back to what they had, you know, made stick for the show. Jesus. Well, uh, Howard Koch, uh, who produced that, uh, that Oscar ceremony probably had to do the same thing. Um, 
coaching him along with Richard Pryor, Dudley Moore, and Liza Minnelli. <laughs> I, we got. I, I want to YouTube that because I would definitely watch some clips from that show. Here are the co-hosts from 1987: Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn, and Paul Hogan. That is Whoa. a cocaine Oscars. <laughs> it's a shame that that wasn't a Hulk Hogan because that could have been like an all timer. I mean, as is, it's pretty Amazing. great too. Amazing. Um, what was, what else did I want to pull up? That might've been it. Uh, do you guys have any other trivia you wanted to hit? I, I thought about going through other stuff. Oh, wait. Oh, I, I have, I have one. Um, so, you know, how like it, it, every year they're like, it's the 76 Oscars. It's the, the, the Oscars. 69 what Oscars. year is this year's Oscars? Uh, I have like a rough idea, I think, because I was thinking about this when I was trying to guess how many how many God speeches there were. It's <laughs> in the low 90s. I'm going to say like 93rd. 93rd. OK, Mitch, do you have a guess? Yeah, I was I, I was gonna say ninety-one. Okay. Matt gets the point, and I think he gets the win as well. It is the ninety-fourth Oscars. Ah. Congratulations, oh, no, Matt, Mitch. Matt definitely gets the win. Yeah. Well 200, 200 more points. Congratulations. Thank you, Steve. This was a lot of fun, guys. Thank yeah, you, absolutely. Steve Harvey hosting the Oscars. What the fuck are we doing? Uh, that guy's uh, we're, a lot of. I don't know. I'm not. Know. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of his his uh, his his family feud, but but he's he's fun. Doesn't you he know, have? Fun. He had. Didn't he have like a really embarrassing award show hosting moment sometime? He was the, the one who oh, yes. said the name what did he of do? the. Oh, um, Adina Menzel. Was no, it, no, 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 that was that, Travolta. That, that was John Travolta. No, and I think you mean Adele Dazeem. Yeah, you're he's right. the one who said that um, uh, whatever the the musical about Los Angeles won the Oscars, and they no. the Oscar and they didn't. No, 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 no it, it wasn't was, that. That was oh, that was what was Warren Beatty and um, 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 Kimmel was the classic. host. But no, no, Harvey did. It was it was um, Harvey it was, had um, like some something Miss rough. Universe. It was Miss Universe. Um, what did he do? Uh, Gaff. I think Hang he was on. saying the wrong name. <laughs> he did. I feel like uh, it was something Keeping worse. all this in, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. For okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> Steve Harvey Gaff. There's probably a uh, lot to get moment, through. Infinite moment at the 2015 pageant. Uh, this, is, this is Miss Universe. Uh, Harvey accidentally announced first runner-up Miss Columbia as the victor over the actual winner, Miss Philippines. Mm. Uh, it was Faye Dunaway, yeah. by the way. Faye, Dun Faye Dunaway. Yes, right. Right. It was Dunaway and Beatty. Well, they Faye were... Dunn give away that award to the wrong film. Mm. Got her. Faye, Faye Dunn give away that award to the wrong film. Great, bum, great moment. Bum, bum, bum. Great. As, as long as we're like, you know, talking about past Oscar oh, stuff, yeah. real, real quick go around. Any like really memorable Oscar moments that you guys can think of, like, like ceremonies you watched. Like, I feel like the moonlight thing is kind of the gold standard of that. in our That's lifetimes. a good one. I mean, I remember last year watching when they, when they did best actor last and Chadwick Boseman didn't win. And 
Anthony Hopkins wasn't there. Oh yeah, and they just ended so they the just, show. Jesus, they just ended the show. Um, oh right, because it was the last award. Yes, right. Yeah, it was. It was, it was very Chad awkward. Bo- yeah, a Chadwick Boseman appreciation thing. Yeah, right. His, his wife was going to uh, accept the award, and it was this whole thing. And then Hopkins won and was not there. Yeah, it wasn't there because uh, it was COVID. And classic. Anyway, um, I remember Robin Williams doing Blame Canada too. That's another classic Oscar Oscar moment that that comes to mind. That was incredible. Uh, Mitch, what about you? I remember one of the. It must have been one of the first ones that I that I watched. But I remember Roberto Benigni coming to oh. accept his award by walking over people's seats. He did not go to the aisle. I remember um, that too. And I think he was pretty far back because they didn't expect him to win. Um, and so he was literally stepping on people's heads on his way up to win the Oscar. And, you know, it was was the physical comedian that he is in that movie is too. And it was, it was like, I remember watching that and being like, wow, Oscars are crazy. The Oscars are crazy. <laughs> I'm, I was wrong, but <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. It's a beautiful life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are those are some great Oscar moments, and we'll probably get some more this year. Oh yeah. Um, remember when Seth MacFarlane hosted? Wasn't that a lot of fun? We've had some bad hosts lately. Yeah, we have had some rough. Who hosts. do we who do we have this year? It's Regina Hall. Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and oh, Amy yeah. uh, Schumer. What? Oh, yeah, Schumer? that's her name, right? Amy Schumer. Schumer. Yeah. yeah. Why am I forgetting a- inside Amy Schumer's name? It's Amy Schumer. She's got a new show um, coming out. I just yeah. saw. Yeah, with Michael Sarah. Oh, really? Yeah, bearded Sarah. Both Amy Schumer and Regina Hall went to the William Esper studio, uh, which is where oh, hey. I uh, studied acting for a couple of years when I moved to New York. And they're both that's awesome. Alums. That's awesome, dude. Oh. So what you're saying is you'll probably be hosting the Oscars in a few years. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Please you welcome out- our hosts. Mitch Lerner and Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on? Fuck that monkey's paw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you get to host the Oscars, but you have to co-host with Jay Leno. Um, uh, 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 okay, I think that's it for our game. Uh, do we want to move into the Oscars for this year? Uh, talking through the nominees, talking through the different categories, maybe hand out a couple of Oscars of our own. How does that sound, yeah. boys? Yeah, let's. Yeah? We're, I'm warmed up. Let's do it. Let's I get on it. in here. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to go through chronologically right now what they have on their website. So this might not be the actual show order or whatever, but this is this is how it is on the website. So uh, actor in a leading role, we have Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, the power of the dog, Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom, Will Smith, King Richard, and Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. Any, any strong thoughts here, gentlemen? This is, this is, we're starting off with a big one. We're starting off with a big one. Uh, I have seen all of these performances except for javier bardem i didn't see being the ricardos mitch have you have you seen all five of these i've seen all five javier bardem again a man who not familiar with i love lucy (laughs) didn't grow up with it uh but uh cast in the leading role for that 
I mean, I, so of the of the ones I saw, the there were two that I kind of like stood out to me. I thought all four were good, but I really liked Garfield and Tick Tick Boom and Will Smith, who I think is kind of the like presumptive favorite. Um, the other two, like uh, Denzel, was good. Cumberbatch was good. We we talked a lot about Power of the Dog in Part One. But Garfield and Smith, I thought were like, I don't know. I just thought they were a lot more interesting. The performances were more like, like warmer and more human. I don't know, Mitch, if that makes any sense to you, like having watched those, which ones did you like? I thought Garfield was good, but I thought he hated Mondays too much and a little too much emphasis on lasagna. Um, Mm. That's just my, I don't know. That didn't really bother me too much. Yeah. Have you had my dad's lasagna before? Cause it's, it'll, it'll change the way you feel about lasagna. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Odie, a little too much Odie bashing for me in that movie as well. But anyway, if we keep talking, I'm going to hang up if we keep talking. About this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go right ahead, Mitch. I can just end up to a point. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 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 I've got a, what can I say? I've got a case of the Mondays. Um, it, um, I loved Andrew Garfield. Um, and I like was ready to kind of not think super highly of tick, tick boom and ended up, really connecting with it probably you know there's something there's something too about just like which performances spoke to you the most and like you bring in all of your priors and 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 all of your stuff and tick tick boom being about a guy who's like you know he's turning 30 he's worried about being a uh, you know failure he's in a creative field in new york he's you know struggling with self-doubt and you know finances and all of this sort of stuff so you know i know a lot of people like that uh, <laughs> <laughs> and but that performance i thought was just incredible the way that he was able to uh do all he do all he could from an acting standpoint and then the i mean the singing the choreography like like everything on top of it i really thought was amazing and i believed him every moment of the movie so uh he would be my pick to win best actor i thought it's a really strong field this year and i agree that will smith would be like close and he's probably going to win because of you know sentiment and he has it coming and all this sort of stuff Uh, and it was an excellent uh performance he was so good in king richard i think that would be a worthy oscar uh but i liked andrew garfield's performance a little bit more um javier bardem was uh really good um oh really good yeah he was he was really good uh i you know i'm I'm not going to say too much about that movie um but uh uh and denzel washington was an awesome Macbeth. Uh, he was, he was really, really great. That movie very purposefully, I think doesn't center any one performance, uh, and is very stark. So it probably works against him. Um, just from like a memorable performance standpoint, he was, he was so good though. Um, and that was a good Macbeth. 
So I, it's funny you mentioned like relating to performances and stuff. First of all, I want to say Andrew Garfield is incredible watching him sing and stuff. I had no idea he had that kind of voice. He is so charismatic to watch on screen. I've never seen him in a role like this before. He supposedly like learned to sing for the film. Have you guys heard it's anything? Inc- like, I, I don't know if that's real or if he's that's kind of like Tony before. So I, oh, I know he's done. Maybe it's stuff, just Oscar so. campaign. Well, he won a Tony for angels in America. I remember. Right. At least I think but he's done. He's done he's stuff done on stage. I, I think, I think he's done musical stuff on stage. Maybe it so. might've just been like a Oscars campaigning kind of like bullshit <laughs> PR kind of thing, but either way. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. He's an he, amazing singer, really charismatic performance. In terms of relatability, though, I actually kind of related to um, Denzel a little bit more, seeing as how, like, I, too, had a prophecy that I was going to be the king of Scotland, and then me and my wife, like, murdered a bunch of people and, and like, seized the throne and stuff. And, Wait, and you and the world, world got married already? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all personal bias. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on, on actor? It sounds like Mitch would give it to Garfield and and Matt, would you um, also give it to Garfield? I, yeah. I also feel like there's a chance that Cumberbatch wins. He's like Power of the Dog is like pretty, I don't think he should win, but I feel like it's like uh, been kind of hailed and, yeah. and Twitter seems to fucking love that movie and which is fine. It just wasn't for me. Um, but, uh, it, but yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to you never want to count out a movie that is nominated for like basically everything. Like it's, it's hard to be like, no, Cumberbatch won't win. Cause I don't know. He might, but I think and he was good. He, yeah, he was, he was on it. Like for him, I think he's a good actor. And I think that's maybe one of the best things I've seen him in before. Like I thought he was very good, but I, I just think these other, I think again, uh, Will Smith and Garfield in particular, I think are better. I'll say, uh, two things. One, I'll I'll go ahead and pick Garfield. I like the Garfield clean sweep uh, for the three of us. Um, mm-hmm. I like Will Smith. I would love to see him win an Oscar, and I I really think either one of them would be super worthy. But yeah, I agree. Like Garfield, that movie being about it, it kind of like I don't know, like the creative process and like working through blocks and like you were saying, Mitch being like kind of like a like a struggling artist kind of thing, I think is something we all relate to. And it was really, really cool to see him in that part. I think he's a really great actor. Um, yeah. One thing just on Denzel, um, I had, I kind of mixed feelings watching him in Macbeth. By the end, I was, I was digging it, but it took me a while to kind of get, um, I don't know, to get into his performance because he, it felt a little bit like he was in a different production of Macbeth than some of the other actors. Cause his like delivery of the lines was a little more like a um, little more like casual, a little more, I don't want to say realistic, but um, he, he wasn't really like playing into the heightened language quite as much as McDormand and then some of the other actors in it. Um so I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he, he hit like the emotional range that he had to hit really well. And he, you know, he's playing this guy that's kind of unwinding and losing it. And I thought, I mean, he's maybe the best actor we have right now. Like he can play all that stuff in his sleep, but when it came to um, like the words and the language and playing Shakespeare, I feel like he, I feel like he was rushing a little bit. Like I wanted him to, 
kind of, I don't know, chew on the words a little bit more. Sure. I, I can see what you mean. And I think if it were a stage production, I would totally agree with you. Um, but that's where I think uh, storytelling and film came in a little bit to this one a little bit more um, that you don't need to so much lean on the, you know, like iambic pentameter or um, do have the language do as much of the work as you do on stage. And I like it's, it's Shakespeare. It's all about the language, obviously. But I think that his more reserved um, introspective take on it uh, lent itself to film and in particular like a modern film audience in a way that like I really appreciated while I was watching it. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, actor in a supporting role. So this is uh, for, I'm going to probably mispronounce some of these names, so I apologize, but uh, Syrian Hines Hines, uh, for Belfast, Troy Coatser, for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. Uh, I have not seen all these movies, but I know Mitch has. And uh, so, Mitch, uh, we'll start with you. Do you have a strong feeling on who uh, who your pick would be? Yeah, Troy Kotzer for sure. Like you know, oh, really okay. could end the could end the conversation there. Um, but his his uh, go at this like father who's trying to be a good father but is also like going through a lot of um a lot of shit himself and is uh you know deaf uh and is you know put upon and trying and also kind of like is resigned to the quality of life that he has and his journey of like figuring out that it can get better throughout the movie and figuring out what it means to be a supportive father throughout the movie is like incredible. And then you add that to, um, you know, just watching a brilliant uh, deaf actor uh, emote through, uh, you know, his, like his very expressive uh, sign language and just like the truth that's going on in his face and eyes is, um, really fucking cool uh so aside from like the novelty is like not it feels icky to use that as a word but i think that's part of the problem with film and representation and right that that, that it is a novel thing to see and hopefully it will become less so uh but he's just so great in that role that i think it he'll he'll win it by a mile and there are other really good performances in that category that I could go down. But Matt, do you have any thoughts? Um, I, so I haven't seen Coda. I have heard that that performance is fantastic. I, of the, of the rest, I guess I would say, uh, so we have, we have two from power of the dog, Cody Smith McPhee, who plays, um, what's it? Is this character Pete? Peter. Yeah. He plays the younger kid. And then Jesse Plemons, who's playing, uh, I guess his George. stepfather, George, uh, which is also Benedict Cumberbatch's brother in the movie. I So Plemons I, is an actor I love. I think we all feel that way. We talked about this a little bit in part one, but I was a little, um, I don't want to say baffled because he's a good actor and it's a good performance, but I was surprised when I saw the movie 
to be like, oh, he was nominated for an Oscar for this because it's a very, um, it's like a very understated, very uh, subtle performance. And there's a lot of good stuff there, but it, I, I don't know. I feel like you don't often see that kind of thing get recognized at least um, not in like the supporting categories. I feel like it's often a lot more like flashier kind of parts. Um, Smith McPhee though, I thought he was really, really great and powerful. I thought he was great. He, yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't seen all these movies, but I would, I, I've only seen that movie. So of, of the five nominees, I would give it to him personally, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of those four principles, he was my favorite, uh, probably by a, a good amount of of those four who so it's the two from power of the dog it's jk simmons it's kotzer and who is the fifth syrian hines from oh, belfast yeah so he played uh the grandfather and judy dench who was the grandmother i think she's also in supporting actress uh, they were both great but i i would definitely prefer one of the others because it, it, it kind of felt like one of those like these are two awesome actors they're giving good performances heartfelt uh their characters are are both like very sweet and loving and supportive of the rest of the family in that movie but it also kind of felt like like they could like do this in their sleep like that might be the 20th best judy dench performance which um and and same for heinz doesn't mean that they're not i guess worthy of winning but to me something like which Mick McPhee did, I think is, was more interesting when I watched it this year. I, I got to see Coda. I got to see Coda. It yeah, sounds awesome. Sounds like an awesome performance. I'm going to give it to Troy Kotzer just because Mitch's argument is the best. And also I'm good with that. Uh, I want to recognize like an awesome... the power of the dog as little as possible. <laughs> so I'm good with that. I, thought, I will say my favorite part of the movie was Cody Smith McPhee though. So yeah. if he gets it, that's great, but I haven't seen Coda yet. And I will probably be pissed off if I see Coda and, and then Cody Smith McPhee wins and I'll be like, why didn't Troy Kotzer win? So and yeah. Coda just won the, uh, uh, best film at the Producers Guild, which oh, is did? often a, yeah, which is often a giveaway for, uh, oh, wow. best picture at the Oscars. So definitely yeah. see that before the show. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, all right. Moving on. Actress in a leading role. Uh, uh, side note, uh, outdated term. Female actors uh, use the term actor now sometimes. So, But some some female actors also feel very strong about using the word actress. So I don't know. we got to have a conversation about that at some point. Uh, but here are the nominees. Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. And Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I have not seen any of these movies. However, I have heard Kristen Stewart is fantastic in Spencer um, and Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. Apparently, it's just like a tour de force. I really want to see that movie. It is high on my list. Um, Penelope Cruz, I hear is like a, it's a very fun performance. I hear it's like kind of a, 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 a like a little bit more of a lighthearted movie. I don't know if that's true. I haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, uh, gentlemen, your thoughts. Uh, so I uh, what you said about backing up to just the term actress and the category itself. I like to take that a step further. How much longer are we going to have gendered acting categories, period? Like regardless of what they're called. Cause 
yeah. it cuts both ways though, because it's like uh it's an opportunity for because then if they're if all actors are lumped into the same category then it's mm-hmm. like what oh, if, 10 men, what if men just win all of right. the awards for forever you know yeah. so i and I, yeah, I, I've I've heard that argument. I think that's totally true. Like you could very easily see the first year that they combine them. Oh, eight men are nominated or whatever it is. But, you know, at the same time, like like we were just talking about Coda and representation and all this stuff, like there's going to be a movie starring a non-binary actor playing a non-binary yeah. character at some very point, true. probably sooner rather than later. Like a, a movie yeah. that breaks through and gets critical recognition and Oscar buzz. And I don't know. I don't know. That's that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. I think, honestly, I think until we all, you know, work in, have worked in theater, I think until it happens at like the Tonys, I don't know that the Oscars would really touch that kind of thing. Yeah, probably. I'd, I'd be really interested in hearing uh what someone's thoughts are on this who aren't one of us three white guys yeah Um, yeah yeah, (laughs) for sure so i'm you know uh i i think that uh whoever makes this decision it's not going to be us and that's a really good thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) kevin spacey and harvey weinstein are all over it they're they're (laughs) well i think that i should win best actress as well shut up kevin get out of here more, more awards but, for me. Uh, have any of you guys seen any of these uh, films, any of these performances? Do you have any strong feelings on who should win this category? Um, well, I mean, I think this is also, you know, we, we can we can categorize this too as part of the problem. Um, I yeah. uh, I've only seen right. being the Ricardos uh, in this. I, I have seen zero. I have not seen any of these performances. The, the only movie that's been nominated for an Oscar, the only uh, uh, like narrative movie that's been nominated for an Oscar that I haven't seen that I really want to see is The Lost Daughter. That's the one that yeah. I just like uh, didn't get to. And I that's the one I feel bad about not seeing. And I hear Olivia Coleman is awesome, but- uh, Love her. But no, I, I have to pass on this category just cause like, and also what we talked about last week a little bit that like this category doesn't intersect with the best picture nominees at all. Right. Zero, um, yeah. And that's, that's a really interesting uh, sort of window into like, okay, what do we, what stories get made, who gets attached to what, you know, all of that. Um, and then what gets valued. If you look at who's the, is there a male protagonist, a main protagonist or a female main protagonist right. in all of the best pictures. And you lay that out and do the statistics. Um, so uh so no, I I'll, I'll cop to being part of the problem on this one and move on. And I think, uh, yeah, in case in case it wasn't um, clear in the first part, it basically Matt went through and did the math, and it's something it's it's a crazy number, yeah, but I'm, each year it's like there uh, the the amount of uh, women and actors in a leading role who are represented in the best picture, like the, the Venn diagram of that is always yeah. very, very low. It's either like one or two. I went, basically, I did, I did which like the nuts. last uh, 10 to 15 years, maybe going backwards to like, I don't know, Oh nine, Oh eight, somewhere around then shout out Obama. But um, <laughs> basically, yeah. Like, like you were saying each year, it would be like four out of the five best actor movies were nominated for best picture and one out of five, best actress movies was and just like year over year 
I don't think there was a single year where the numbers were in favor of the best actress category. It was usually heavily favoring the other way. So um, do better Hollywood. Um, do better us. See those movies. What is Lost Daughter yeah. about? Because I've heard a lot of buzz about it, but I don't know anything like about the film itself. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, debut as a director. And I believe, Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe it's a woman. It's an exploration of like motherhood uh, and sort of like the darker aspects of motherhood. I believe it's a woman whose daughter goes missing while she's at the beach or something like that. And lost daughter. And it goes from there. Yes. That's what I know. We won't spoil Um, it here. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, I have nothing to add. <laughs> I will just I I will quickly I before before we. <laughs> yeah, guys, explain this movie to me that neither of you. Seen. Um, I do quickly want to shout out the three leading women that in movies I did see that I thought were outstanding, and uh, I, I'm not going to say they should have been nominated because I don't know that they're better than these five women, but Alana Heim in Licorice Pizza. Um, Zegler in West Side Story, Rachel Zegler, who played Maria and, and Francis McDormand in Macbeth, like though, uh, like I said, I, I can't really say definitively that they should have been nominated, but those were three lead performances that, that I saw that I really loved this year. And I would, awesome. I would throw in, um, the lead in CODA as well. Uh, she's amazing. And I mentioned this last week, but she like, she sings, she fishes on a boat, she signs, uh, she acts well. Like she does all of these things in this uh, movie that required like a ton of training and she does it and it seems pretty effortless and and, uh, natural and she's just incredible. And it's like wild to me that she didn't get nominated. But again, didn't see four out of the five. So what do I know? Yeah. Well, let's move on to actress in a supporting role. Uh, nominees are Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. Um, I have seen Power of the Dog and I have seen West Side Story. Ariana DeBose is awesome in that movie. I don't know if she's better than the other performers on here, so I'll turn it over to you, gentlemen. I think Mitch and I agree. Uh, is it Anjanou Ellis? Is that her yeah, first name? Yeah, Anjanou Ellis in uh, yeah. in uh, King, King Richard. Richard. She, yeah, I mean that that would be my pick. Debose also, I think, was really really great, and I would be very much okay with her winning. She was fantastic. Um, Anita's and, a tough role, and she crushes it. Yeah, she killed it. I think I would probably, I've been thinking about it and I think I would, I would probably narrowly reverse those, but it's about 50, 50. Um, the, uh, the stuff with, um, that, uh, DeBose has to do with, uh, being a, um, you know, sibling figure, sort of like an older sister figure and a, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm suffering, uh, suffering brain. grief. I, yeah, it's, between yeah. suffering grief, showing joy, showing support, and yeah. and being, you know, uh, and just having all of it happening at once. Her whole reality of like the good and the bad of her circumstances are present throughout every moment for her in that uh, yeah. uh, role. And you know, you add, and part of it is probably like, oh, I can't, I can't 
sing. So I'm like looking at that as like, wow, that's amazing. And like to me, uh, dance choreography, which I can do, but not super, don't have a ton of experience with it, is like a little intimidating. So like watching all of that, like there's probably an element to me of just that I'm being wowed by the technical aspects of it, which is, mm. uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, there's no value judgment on it, but I think I, that is part of my like calculus, but being able to act so well and just live in those circumstances while doing all of that, I think slightly puts it over the edge, but Anjanue Ellis is fucking bomb and King Richard. She is so good and holds that family together the entire movie. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's give it to, let's give it to both of them. Why not? I love it. Uh, Let's move on to animated feature, which I sadly, I have not seen any of these, which is crazy because these are all films that are pretty well known. Encanto, Flea, which I don't, I'm not familiar with. Luca, the Mitchells versus the Machines and Raya and the Last Dragon. Have you guys seen any of these or should we pass on this category? Pass. pass pass okay well uh, uh we'll do better pass. and watch those movies what are we uh, what cinematography are we children we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not babies anymore um, what you guys what you, about... I'm, I'm sorry i'm backtracking what how did you guys feel about dunst in power of the dog i really, really talk liked... about her we can get into like this a little bit more in the spoiler section, but uh, I like yeah. the whole like piano section of the movie that, that, that tension, I thought she played that tension really well. Um, and as I mentioned in the first one, drunk dunst is in this movie. So you get to see a drunk dunst. Um, um, it felt a little, it felt a little bit like you were saying, um, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't want to criticize anybody, especially, you know, like <laughs> actors that are way more successful than I ever was or, or will be. Um, but uh, oh, it felt a little bit, <laughs> it felt a little bit like, like kind of classic Oscar bait uh, sort of performance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it felt a little bit like, um I don't know. I, 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 I don't really know quite how to put it, but I, I wasn't in love with it. It, Chelsea, my, my fiance mentioned like afterwards, she was like, I just, I always see the, the bring it on girl. Um, So I think she had a little bit of trouble, like buying into Dunst's performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. I, I thought she was, I thought she was really good and I thought she sold it. I didn't have that problem. Uh, But you know, I thought everyone in that movie did exactly what they were asked to do and did it brilliantly. And, uh, and all of it kind of left me a little bit cold. Uh, you know, I, I think that's what it comes down to for me is like, great job. Cool. I don't have much more. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cinematography. Uh, let's let's talk about cinematography because I imagine we we would have uh, we would have some to discuss it's here. A big one. It's um, a big one. Dune, uh, Greg Frazier, Nightmare Alley by Dan Lawson. Again, apologies for mispronouncing probably all these names. The Power of the Dog by Ari Wegner. Uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, Bruno Del Bonnell, and West Side Story, Janusz Kaminski. Um, 
really strong uh uh contenders here between all of them i would give it to dune uh it's 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 my best picture probably in part because of the cinematography because of the the look and feel of that movie and how gorgeous it was but the power of the dog was actually really gorgeous to look at too uh and west side story was stunning as well so i wouldn't be upset if anyone can can, uh, from those films won. can you describe for the listeners what because I, I feel like this is not a super commonly known thing. And this is something I think the Oscars broadcast should do a better job of. But what is cinematography? Uh, Mitch would probably be the best person to talk about it because he's he's worked in film more than I have. But cinematography is basically the way a film lo- looks. It's, it's like <laughs> shot composition. It's... Um, it's it's not production design, which is similar. Production design is like how sets look and feel and, and how that c- coordinates with like costumes and stuff. Cinematography is like how it's photographed, like lighting. And, and and lighting and, and, and the picture of the film. Um, Mitch, it, it, please jump in here. Yeah. Uh, Bail me out. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, put no, you on no, the spot. No, no, I think no, it's it, helpful it, though. It's, yeah. It's fine. I think Matt is really more. No. Um, <laughs> oh fuck! It is. It is. Uh, Pass. So everything, everything that you're seeing in the camera. So a cinematographer is also called uh, a director of photography. So right. you've got uh, the director who's in charge of everything. Yeah, the DP. Uh, DP. Um, you've got the director who's in charge of, you know, everything. And then, you know, a lot of the, uh, specifics of what the actual shot composition and what the shot looks like and, uh, camera movements, um, are left up to the cinematographer or director of photography who works very closely with the director. So basically the director outlines a vision and then the cinematographer is in charge of making that a reality through the lens. Um, and, you know, there, there are different working relationships where sometimes it's much more they come up with the vision together. Um, but the director wants to achieve something. And what the camera is doing uh, is a large part of how they're going to achieve that. And the director of photography is in charge of choosing exactly what that camera is doing in order to achieve it. Um, that's a very broad stroke. Is that helpful? Yeah, that's super helpful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I thank you. That was, that was a much clearer in-depth explanation than I, than I could have given for sure. I think I'm, I wanted to bring it up because I, um, this category I think is really important. I always love kind of following this category every year. Cause like when I was a kid growing up watching movies, if you talked about who the director of a movie was, I am picturing somebody holding a camera and like shooting the actors and shooting what's happening. And that in most cases, that isn't the director of the film. So like, it's such, I don't know, it's such a big award and has so much to do with what, what you're seeing. Um, so like given that I, I, it's a hard, hard disagreeing with you, Frank for Dune because Dune is a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, if I had a vote, I probably would vote for it, but I got to shout out uh, Macbeth because 
the for me the most impressive part of that movie wasn't the acting even though i thought the acting was good the the look of the movie was i just thought totally stunning it's in black and white um the this is kind of bleeding into production design but the kind of like setting that it takes place in is all this like really uh just like very interesting architecture with all these crazy angles and the way the shots are framed is really interesting the lighting is just fantastic the movie's just beautiful to look at so um Mm. yeah those are the two that kind of jumped out at me what about you mitch yeah, it's such a stacked category. Um, I think I think Dune and just like the scale of it. But I wanted to ask you guys what you think. Um, so also the power of the dog is beautiful. And then West Side Story, all of the camera movements that are part of the dance choreography. Insane, part, gorgeous. Like, just so I would I would maybe just on a technical aspect of like degree of difficulty, give it to um, uh, West Side Story. But but like the, what I have, one of the things that's amazing about this category is just how much of a, if you try to actually break it down, uh, it's just revealed how much of a team effort um, filmmaking yeah. mm-hmm. is and that one mm-hmm. aspect of it wouldn't be possible without the others. So what I wanted to ask you guys is um, how much do you think choice of setting has to do with who wins this award? Because so many times people will win this award and a lot of it is beautiful. uh, You know, it's tethered around beautiful landscape photography. So how much Mm. of that do you think uh, impacts what we think of as great cinematography? Can I, can I give you a list of recent winners for cinematography Mm. just for, just for reference, gentlemen, I'm pulling this up on the fly with with what you're saying Mitch that to me seems to suggest that power of the dog is going to win this so I think last year last year was a weird yeah it is beautiful the cinematography beautiful. I think is is probably was probably my favorite part of that movie like it looks last incredible. year was a weird it was a weird year but these were the nominees Mank won then Judas and the Black Messiah News of the World Nomadland and Trial of the Chicago 7 so, so that would be, it was just basically was just Nomadland would would yeah. be in that category. Then the year before 1917, The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So 1917, obviously like a pretty much like a one shot <laughs> war movie. Um, that was incredible. So yeah. yeah. Uh, 2018, Roma won. Nominees were Cold yeah. War. The favorite, never look away, and the star is born. Not a lot of landscape photography except for Roma. So this that strengthens your case. And then 2017, Blade Runner 2049. So uh another Denny Villeneuve uh picture. Uh Darkest Hour, Dunkirk was nominated. A lot of a lot of landscape in that. Mudbound and the Shape of Water. Um okay. the Revenant one. Uh, Birdman one, Gravity, Oof. Life of Pi, Hugo, Inception. That's so a lot ooh. of a lot of big, beautiful movies win this category. That's fun. Yeah, I feel like that's a good kind of range. I don't know. That yeah. that gives me some hope. Maybe Dune will pull it off. Yeah, maybe. 
We'll see. Um, I would give it to Dune. What about you guys? I, it, it, Mitch, like you said, I would not be upset if West Side Story won. And you might be right. The actual technical movements of the camera and the way it moves through crowds and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I want to be in America. And like the whole like going through the like um, yeah. shop stalls in the street and like the, the, the feeling of New York City. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, there's Unbelievable. a few. Like, I'm like getting goosebumps that. thinking yeah. about it right, in, right now. So. Uh, what about you, uh, you boys? Um, these are all really beautiful movies. Um, I, I honestly, this is like the one category that if power of the dog wins it, I'll be like, that's, I'm good with that. That movie looked yeah. great. Um, it was beautiful. I, I'm torn between Dune and Macbeth. I'll give it to Macbeth just to, to kind of, um, shake things up, give us a little, little bit of differences, but I love that. Yeah. What do you think, Mitch? Yeah, I would. I mean, they're all great. I would give all of them Oscars, uh, but I'll say West Side Story. <laughs> so this is one where we've all we got. Three different Ooh, OK, that's fun. Nice. I love that. OK, next category is costume design. Um, so quick aside here is that uh, this is one of the categories that was cut from the broadcast, something that the three of us uh, all all cast shame upon the Oscars for doing. They cut eight categories this year. Um, and that's a third of the document- categories. That's the third. of Yeah, them. I know. Documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound. Oh, wait, no, I guess costume is going to be uh, included. Sorry, I, I was thinking of makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> it's, a Apologies. it's a Shonda regardless. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree with that decision. They're doing it in favor of adding more, more musical numbers, which I feel like can be really hit or miss. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you guys want to weigh in at all with any thoughts? Yeah, because so it's bullshit. It's so stupid. Like, <laughs> so that clearly this is a, an effort to shorten the length of the broadcast, which I think most people kind of agree year over year is like, God, the Oscars are too fucking long. Um, so I, I get where they're coming from, but I just think this is my thing with award shows is anytime someone's speech gets played off, it, like infuriates me and I don't care how long the speech is or how boring it is. That's the reason that people watch award shows. That is like the moment that I like for me, at least I, that's what I care about. I care about seeing someone who just won like in a moment of emotion and vulnerability, like sharing something. And a lot of times we get like whatever bullshit prepared speeches that are kind of whatever, but sometimes you get, um, you know, Benini climbing over the audience and like, you get those like really special moments. So, um, so yeah, like uh, we'll see how the broadcast actually goes, but if the result of this is a show that still has half a dozen montages about how important movies are, and it still has yeah, like random, yeah, right. like you said, Frank, random musical numbers. If like Amy Schumer is doing her fifth comedy bit in the last hour, I'm going to be kind of pissed. Like it's an award show. We should be able to see these people who worked so fucking hard, get their awards. And I think what they're planning to do is it's going to be pre-taped and then they'll like air stuff that happened previously during the broadcast. So I think we will still get to see like some of those wins, but 
I, I don't know. It, it feels like um, just going in the totally wrong direction to try and solve the problem they're trying to solve. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. It, it, it reminds me of the conversation about shortening baseball games in that sense, uh, where it's just like everyone agrees the games are too long and then no one can agree on how to uh, shorten them. Um, uh, that said, I think this is fucking horrible. Um, you, you've got to decide sort of what an awards show is about, and it can vary from, from show to show, you know, the, uh, 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 the Grammys seem to be about like these amazing performances that happen during the show. Um, the Golden Globes are about, or were about, uh, like people like sort of getting loopy and having like a good time. Um, the Oscars seem at least to me, the Oscars have always been about like the fairly serious, laborious act of making a movie and recognizing people who might not otherwise be recognized. Um, for example, the people who make the short films, like this is mm -hmm. huge exposure for them um, mm -hmm. that like could launch their career into, and it's like, sure, they won the Oscar right. and that's, that's big internally, but like, let's say they, I hate to use this terminology, have like a viral moment in their speech uh, these people are losing the option to sort of like um, have their part of what makes uh, this award show worth going to for them. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, like, cause they're part of the massive machine that is cranking millions and millions of dollars into ABC too. So like they should have, if they want a fucking Oscar, if, if, Hey, you are the best in the world, according to a certain amount of people, you're the best in the world at this, this year. And you're not going to have any time to like uh, say your piece uh, on our televised broadcast. It seems bullshit. It seems short shrift. And it seems like it's people uh, who should understand movies the most, not understanding how they actually uh, get made and just making cynical decisions around um, viewership for a TV show. So I uh, dislike it desperately. And um uh, and like, aside from that Robin Williams thing, like when was the last time there was a, which was awesome. When was the last time there was a really notable uh, song from a score done on the Oscars? Like the, these are beautiful songs. Sure. But they're great as part of films, you know, right. that's the right. whole point of them. So like getting the star power of Billie Eilish doing uh, the James Bond song is you're talking to the wrong fucking audience. Yeah. We should, we should have too, like, we should have Cumberbatch go up there and like give a monologue, like get all the best, <laughs> all the acting do category like a, people. Do like, like an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> just get yeah. up here yeah. and do like Henry the fifth or something, you know? I love that. Oh yeah. I love that. Uh, just quickly. I want to say, yeah. Like as, as three actors, we can probably all recognize too. Like there are like, Theater and film are such um, particular things where it really is the sum of its, uh, of all of its parts. And if you have a shitty script or if you have a shitty set or if you have shitty costumes or whatever, it doesn't matter how good your performance is. It doesn't matter how good the play is or whatever. It's going to be bad. All these things have to work together. And the more we feature people who are um, you know, in front of the camera and stuff. And the less time we spend valuing and recognizing the people who work behind the camera to make all that thing possible. I think that we make those problems worse. The problem of recognition and the problem uh, of uh, not giving um, 
the just uh, dues to people who work really hard. Uh, this is the, this is their one moment. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to have lots of moments in his career, not to pick on him, but he's going to have lots of moments. Hopefully he's going to have a really long career and he'll, he'll keep getting Academy Award nominations for, for a long time. But this might be the only time that some of these people, you know, for best short films or documentary shorts or whatever, get nominated and, and have the opportunity to take the stage in front of their community and in front of the world uh, to celebrate their accomplishments. So and just yeah. to add on to that really quick, and I totally agree with everything you said, the um, the films themselves, particularly for documentaries, like they're, these are about topics that the people who are making them really care about. And the audience is not going to look up what these films were about. So having that, like this, you know, this nominee was about this, that nominee was about that, that nominee was about that gives the topic that the documentary documentarian cares so much about gives that topic more exposure. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Why don't we, why don't we just like blow through these, let's blow through these real quick and get to. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, So costume design, we have Cruella. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Benny Beaven, uh, Jenny Beaven, excuse me, did Cruella. Cyrano by Massimo Catino, Catini Perini and Jacqueline Duran. Dune by Jacqueline West and Robert Morgan. Nightmare Alley by Louis, uh, Luis Siquiera. And West Side Story, Paul Tazewell. For costumes, Dune has important costumes that actually feature in the story a lot, but I'm not going to give it to Dune because I feel like I've given it too, too much to Dune. Cruella, I haven't seen, but a lot of the images that I've seen are specifically about costumes and about fashion. So I'm going to fucking give it to Cruella. She has that really awesome still where it says the future, like in ash over her face. And uh, that's really fucking cool. So I'm going to give it to Jenny Beaven. Wow. I'm I'm shocked, Frank. I was not expecting that. You're just going at We haven't even seen it. You saw like a little preview on Disney plus and. Yep. And I love okay, it. Okay. <laughs> I would. Uh, West side story was the last one you said. Yeah. Is yeah. That right. Um, I think I would give it to that. It didn't get nominated, but I, I was surprised that licorice pizza wasn't in this category. Cause I thought the costumes in that were really just fun and, and kind of stood out when I was watching that. But um yeah i would i would go west side story yeah i would agree with you i would go west side story too and it must just be that no elizabethan era movies were made this year because those always get nominated (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah west side story I love it. Okay. Uh, Directing. This is Belfast by Kenneth Branagh. Drive My Car by Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson. The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion. And West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. Um, Gosh, for me, this is a tough one in terms of direction. Guys, do you have... I haven't seen Belfast and I haven't seen Licorice Pizza, but you guys both have. So um, I I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm going to... Uh, I've seen all of these except drive my car, but I'm going to pass in protest because Dune should be winning this award. Yeah. Yeah, it should. Yeah. I'm going to pass too because Dune or I, I also think again, I'm going to plug it every single fucking time I can. Oh, I should have mentioned it in best, best actress, worst person in the world. Oh, right. Yeah. Nominated for this and the actress should have been nominated for the worst person in the world. Uh, So, and Dune, I mean, of the Oscar movies, Dune should, he should clearly win. It's ridiculous that he's not nominated. It's not, I mean, it sounds yeah. like this is kind of Campion's uh, like award to lose. 
And again, like I, I think the direction along with the cinematography was one of the things I, I liked most about that movie. Um, but yeah, I, I just like what he did with Dune, that movie is so big and had so many moving parts and what we're talking about, about how collaborative filmmaking can be. And I, uh, to be fair, I also was hearing some stuff the other day about Campion kind of working with her designers. I think it was the production designer in particular that she like brought that person in very early in the process and was, um, I guess just more collaborative with her designers than a director might normally be on a, on a big film like that. But just like the scale of what Denny did with Dune, I, I compared it, I think to Lord of the Rings when we did our first part and uh, yeah, like just, it it's, it's just really incredible. I, I really think it's yeah. going to be one that we look back on and you know, if, if Campion wins or Spielberg wins, those movies are really impressive achievements. But I think to look back in 10 years and be like, Dune wasn't even fucking nominated. That's just crazy. Yeah, that, that's nuts. I would give it to uh, P.T. Anderson of any of these just to piss you off, Matt. Oh, fuck. <laughs> We're not getting We're, we got we got other stuff to talk about. I'm not getting into that again. OK, so documentary great director, feature. Though. Great director. <laughs> Great, great director. Um, documentary feature. I have not seen any of these, so we should probably pass on these. Pass. But yeah. I, but we'll read their names just, just so they're out there. Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, or When the Re- Revolution Could Not Be Televised, which I really want to yeah, see. Yeah, I really uh, want to watch Summer of Soul. But I, I have not seen it. And then Writing with Fire. Gentlemen, do you have any thoughts or pass? Uh, just... Pass. Uh, yeah, pass. I I want to watch some of Be better than us and watch these movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be better than us and watch these movies. Uh, okay. Uh, the next film, um, or the next category is documentary short subject. So these films, I think this is probably also a pass. Uh, but just to read their names: uh, Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball. And three songs for, uh, uh, excuse me, three songs for Ben Ben Azir, and then When We Were Bullies. Matt, have you seen any mm. of these films? No. Was one of them was Three Queens of Basketball? Four Basketball? Was that excuse a title? Me. The Queen of Basketball the queen was of, one. Oh yes. And then, three songs for Ben Azir. Got it. Uh, was uh, uh, no, the, I've, was I've not one. seen any of these, so I am a pass. You sometimes watch the shorts, right? Or do you watch the animated shorts? I love going to see the shorts, uh, and I have—I actually do have a bit of a story here. Um, I'll make this quick because we're we're running short on time. But oh, that's a good uh, story, though. There was a time uh, in in 2019. I went to go see. Uh, well, I, I was, I was dating. Um, I, I was, I was meeting people on the apps and such. And I met this woman who we'll call Amy and, uh, she was a little bit older than me. Uh, and it was a second date and she was like, do you want to go see the Oscar nominated shorts? And I said, yeah, sure. Of course. Cause I, I, I like to go see them and, and, uh, was excited by that opportunity. So she, she had been a part of this, like, film group or something and they had they'd purchased tickets as a block so she she got me an extra ticket and she was like okay we're like meeting at this place for drinks beforehand and then we're gonna go over and i was like great and the place we ended up meeting for drinks was the hard rock cafe which was (laughs) 
so <laughs> weird. I, I walked in and I'm just like hit with like a wall of sound. And I look on stage and it's a high school band is playing the Hard Rock Cafe in downtown DC. Uh, and they were good, but it was very strange. And so I walk upstairs and there's like a little gathering of people. And she comes over to meet me and she's like, this is not like... <laughs> we should leave. Right. And I was like, yeah, we should leave. So we left and we went over to the Aubon pan and we're sitting there talking and, you know, like much sexier, before the vibe. much sexier vibe at the Aubon pan. Much sexier vibe. Yes. And, uh, so we, 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 we were chatting and it's going fine. And we, we go over to see the, the, um, the short films. So, um, first, so the, the films start playing and first film comes up and it's in Spanish and it's this beautiful film. Um, it's this woman coming home and uh, she's talking with her mother and her mother's there and she gets a call from her son. And um, it comes to be revealed over the course of the film that her son's at the beach and her, his father has brought him to the beach, but has like gone missing. He, they don't know where the father is. And, and the son's like stranded on the beach. So he's a young kid. And then a man shows up on the beach and then she's like, you need to get away from that man. And then the man follows the boy, grabs the boy, and then the phone cuts out. And that's the end of that movie. And at this point, my date leans over to me and she's like, just so you know, I have a young son. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, I am. I am so sorry. I and she's like, no, it's like. That was a lot, but like, you know, we've got four other films. So like, we'll, we'll get through this next film. It's about two young boys and um, they're getting into all sorts of mischief. They're like sneaking into rail cars and stuff. And then like they sneak into this like construction plant thing, this like kind of industrial area and they get stuck in like cement, this like really thick mud, like cement. And one of the boys struggles so much that he keeps sinking in and eventually gets swallowed by the cement slash mud and dies. And that's the end of that movie. <laughs> the next movie starts and it's a really lovely movie. It's about a young woman taking care of an older woman. And it turns out that the older woman is, is gay and they cuddle at the end of it. And it's really nice. The next movie starts and it has like based on a true story at the beginning of it. And it's the story of two young boys and they, they are, they're at like a, um, like a mall in England and they end up abducting another young boy. And uh, it's based on this, this true crime from England where these two boys abduct this, this other little boy and then, uh, and then kill that little boy. Oh and God. that's the end of that film. The fifth film starts. Take us home. Take us home, fifth film. And, the, and at, at, at this point, by the way, it should be yeah, said, everybody in the doing? audience is like, oh my God. Like, it's like, like everybody in the audience is, is Amy like- Is Amy okay? Is, how is she, what's she doing? You're, you're just kind of like, like everybody was almost laughing. Like you can't laugh at it because it's so grim, but everybody was like, oh my God, like, what are they trying to do with us? And she's just kind of, I, I, I'm I leaning over to her. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I, I mean, you know, it's whatever. And uh, uh, fifth film starts. 
and it's it's kind of like um a trailer park sort of vibe it's like arizona maybe somewhere in the american southwest and it's a story of a little boy and uh and his dad and his dad's like going hunting and stuff and then um his dad and him are at the grocery store and then his dad gets gets into a fight with an african american man there and starts saying like the n word and stuff and it turns out his dad's like a white supremacist and then his dad gets abducted by uh by men and then tattooed all over his body um so that his skin is black and then his tongue is cut out and then released back into his house and then he comes in and he's like trying to like uh like tell his family that he's there and 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 not to be frightened of him and then his son shoots him and kills him and that's the end of the movie (laughs) So the young boy is okay in the end. <laughs> the young boy was in the okay in the end of that one. So happy um, ending. Uh, I never saw her again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the end of that story. Wow. Um, so for this year's yeah. Doc Shorts, is that a pass? <laughs> I think it's a pass. I think it's a pass unless either one of you has seen these films. That's you a big old pass. You should have. You should have just stuck with the high school band. I think <laughs> we would have been better off staying at the at Hard Rock, Rock Cafe. Cafe. Man. Jesus Lesson Christ. Learned. Oh, man. All right. Uh, next category, film <laughs> editing. Uh, so this goes to Don't Look Up, Hank Corwin, Dune, Joe Walker, uh, King Richard, Pamela Martin, uh, uh, The Power of the Dog, Peter Sky Barris, and Tick, Tick, Boom. This is Myron Kirstein and Andrew Weissbloom. Boys, any thoughts? I'm going to give this one to Tick, Tick, Boom because of the way that the scenes all bleed into each other. And he's constantly, you know, uh, singing, singing and acting through all of these different um, uh, settings simultaneously. And the way that the uh, cuts happen and uh, all of it is uh, put together. Uh, to me, it like really stood out. And again, super strong category, but I'll give it to Tick, Tick, Boom. Matthew? This is a category that I, I always have kind of like a hard time with because I, I mean, like I know what, you know, editing is. It's how the scenes are cut together and and all that. But I, I guess it's something I have a hard time like, um, I don't know. Maybe it's like, um, it's one of those things if it's done well, you don't notice it as much or I don't. So I like when I think about Dune and you say Dune's nominated for best editing, like I, when I think back to that movie, I can't really picture how the editing played into it. So I guess I'm really winding up to a pass here. (laughs) Um, I mean, I, I, Mitch, I agree with what you said about tick, tick, boom. Um, so I'll go with that. But yeah, I feel like I always have a hard time getting a handle on this category. Yeah, I will say this is, I think, considered a fairly, fairly prestigious, at least like a mid-tier yeah, award. Sure. And this is relegated to like the B squad tape delay um pre-ceremony, I think. And that's that's fucking crazy. Um yeah. because and just to like elaborate on that a little bit, um uh, for just like to zoom in on acting performances, uh, those are made in the editing room on film. Yeah. Um, uh, the, 
because uh, it, it goes through a selection of takes, uh, just sort of how you're going to, you know, everything that you're doing to hone in on the story is done in the editing room. And movies are um, uh, either, you know, there could be movies that seem bad in production that end up incredible uh, because of a good editor. And there could be uh, movies that everyone thinks they're working on and, uh, you know, the performances seem amazing and whatever. And because of bad editing, uh, just land completely flat. Uh, so it is, you know, arguably, um, you know, not arguably, I would say cinematography, editing and directing are the three like um, the, the three, holy trinity, the holy trinity of film craft awards and um, editing there are directors who will argue that editing is as or more important than what they do. Yeah. Uh, I will give it to Tick Tick Boom as well. I, I thought it was very innovative and, and, and fun. Uh, we are running short on time, just like the Oscars. What? So let's, uh, let's do a quick lightning round. International feature film, Drive My Car, Flee, The Hand of God, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. Great name. Uh, and the worst person in the world. Mitch, I'm assuming you're going to give it to worst person in the world. Uh, yaks are funny, though. Yes, worst person <laughs> in the world. Uh, Matt, any thoughts? I have to pass. I haven't seen him. I'll give it to Drive My Car because that's the only one I've seen. But Flea has been nominated for three so far. So maybe we should put Flea on our list. And of course, I want to see Worst Person in the World as well. Makeup and Hairstyling. This is Coming to America. I think the only nomination it has. Coming to America. Nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, right. Uh, Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. I'm going to give it to House of Gucci, <laughs> another film I haven't seen. Um, but the but but I've the seen the trailers from that movie. The are, hair in that movie really is fun. wild. Give really them uh, give them the Oscar for the poster alone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, Matt. Any yeah, thoughts? I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with House of Gucci. I love it. Love it. Okay. Um, let's keep it moving. Lightning round style to music. This is original score. A lot Ooh. of awesome uh, yeah. uh, scores here. So sorry, we have to go quickly over this, but Don't Look Up, Nicholas Bertel, Dune, Hans Zimmer, Encanto by Jermaine Franco, uh, Parallel Mothers, Alberto Iglesias, and The Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood. I got to give it to Zimmer, but um, but awesome, awesome scores in this category. Yes. It, it has to be Dune. It has to be Zimmer. I, I really, it's I think so Greenwood's score for Power of the Dog is really, really good. I think he's an awesome composer. He's done a lot of work with Paul Thomas Anderson. He's he's a really great musician. But again, like Zimmer's score for Dune, I just think is one of those that is just kind of like instantly iconic. Dune. Dune. Uh, music. This is original song. The nominees are Be Alive from King Richard, Dos Oruguitas or, or from Encanto, uh, Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from No Time to Die, and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Uh, I'm not familiar with all these, but I'm going to give it to No Time to Die. Love Billie Eilish. I would agree. And no disrespect to Beyonce. But like, like, I think her, the song she did for King Richard played over the credits and it was very like, oh, like whatever. Beyonce made a song. It's fine. It's good. But I, I feel like Billy put more into No Time to Die. Um, yeah. Okay. No Time to Die. Uh, but I think 
uh, Encanto is going to win. That's my, uh, we're not doing predictions. Probably. That's my prediction. Okay. Production design, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power More of the like Dog, Tragedy design. of Macbeth. Nice. Or West Side Story. I'm going to give it to Nightmare Alley because we haven't shouted it out enough. And I do think the production design was really fucking cool for that. So I'm going to do Nightmare Alley. Boys? This is a super strong category. And it sort of, this is what got me thinking about like uh, 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 cinematography and landscape photography and and um, production design. Um, between Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story, it's like a total toss-up for me. Um, but uh, but I'll I'll agree. I think it would be a cool one for uh, Nightmare Alley to win. Um, but like West Side Stories was fucking amazing. Same with Dune. It's really whatever. Yeah. Whatever wins. Um, I'm going to match up what I chose for cinematography. Cause this is the same five movies. I'm going to pick Macbeth. And I, I agree. Nice. I think these are all super deserving, especially West side story is the one that I'm really tempted to pick, but I'll, I'll go with Macbeth short film animated. Have we seen any of these? Fuck no <laughs> short film live action. Have we seen any of <laughs> these? I saw, no. I saw oh. the long goodbye. It's very good. Um, uh, it's like an, it can happen here story about, uh, persecuting um uh muslims within the west i highly recommend it um but i that's the only one i've seen does a child does a child die in that does a young boy die in that oh so many people die it's a great date movie oh great good 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 um okay uh next one is sound uh this is belfast dune no time to die the power of the dog and west side story who sound ah i'm gonna go dune Uh, yeah, I, like, yeah. I don't know. Dune? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this it's is not like even sound. on the broadcast. Who cares? It's not on That's the broadcast. That's true. Yeah, let's just <laughs> rush through cares. it. Just rush through it, guys. Come on. We can, yeah. Um, okay, visual effects Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, or uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, I'm gonna go Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Doesn't Ooh. he ride like a lion in that one, or, or something? There's dragons He's on the back at the of end. a yeah, dragons and stuff. Yeah, Dra- I like dragons. Dra- yeah, dragons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dune. This is Dune. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll say Dune too. Although three Spider Mans in one shot. Come on, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. Oh, spoilers! We're gonna have to cut that, <laughs> dude. I haven't even seen that movie. That's true. I did it. what you just described. I literally saw in a commercial the other day. So yeah, you're right. it's, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, writing adapted screenplay. We have Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Uh, I haven't seen all these like adaptations. I'll give it to Drive My Car just because I think it's really interesting. They took a forty page short story and made it into a three hour movie. Um, that's a really interesting adaptation technique. So I'm I'm going with that. Interesting is a nice word for it. Yeah. Uh, it was power the dog dune drive my car what were the other two lost daughter and coda i haven't seen either of those uh i'm gonna pass actually because even the movies i've like i saw doom but i haven't read the book power the dog is adapted from a book so i i feel like uh i don't know i'll go drive my car as well um i 
I think of all of the of all of the great things about Coda, I wasn't super crazy about the script. Uh, so I Drive My Car was the movie I enjoyed the most. But again, haven't seen The Lost Daughter. Maybe that'll win. That'd be great. Uh, but of the movies I've seen, uh, Drive My Car. Okay, we have original screenplay and then one category after this. So original screenplay, we have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Mitch, I'm going to assume you're giving it to The Worst Person in the World. Worst Person in the World. Uh, yeah, incredible. Incredible screenplay. I'm going to pass. And Matt, what about you? I'm going to give it to don't look up. Wow. Okay. And I, I love that sort of surprised at myself, but I, yeah, none of the others really King Richard, like the script was not really one of the things that I, I really loved about that movie. Licorice pizza, I, I think he's a great writer. That movie has great dialogue, but I, I feel like I kind of made my feelings about it clear on part one. I, yeah, I'm going to go Don't Look Up. I love it. Well, Don't Look Now, but we're <gasps> at the final category, which brings us back to the beginning. Best picture, we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. We have already gone through Mitch's movie Mountain, uh, but just now that now that we've talked out all these films, now that we've gone through all the discussion, gentlemen, have your feelings changed at all? For me, it is still Dune for me. That is my best picture of the year. I do not predict that it's going to win, um, but it is my best picture. What about you, you boys? My best picture that of those nominees is Dune. Overall, it's worst person in the world by a hair. But uh, I would say of those nominees, Dune. Yeah, it's it's kind of a maybe a boring, chalky way to end. But I this was clear at the end of part one. Like we all agree, Dune is our favorite of those ten movies. If we were to, because they do rank choice voting now for best picture. Right. So if I were to do my top. three, like three, I think I would say Dune, uh, West Side Story, Don't Look Up. Yeah, I guess for me, it's Dune, West Side Story, and Drive My Car would be my top three. I've got what about you, Mitch? Dune, Licorice Pizza, and King Richard. Uh, but I, again, West Side Story should probably be in there. Uh, so that would be an honorary fourth for me. Love it. Well, I love you guys. This was so much fun. Let's do this again soon. We have to go because, uh, we have other commitments to get to, but before I let you, you boys go, uh, do you guys have any, um, uh, uh, plugs that you want to give or, um, do you want to thank God or Satan or anything before we go? Yeah, would, I'll be hosting yeah. the Oscars with Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, watch, uh, no. watch, watch, Miss, watch Mitch on the Oscars with Jay. Yeah, yeah. Go, Mitch, did you have a, did you have a real plug? No, zero plugs today. Uh, <laughs> just, just, uh, just go to the movies. Go to the movie theaters yeah. uh, if you feel safe yeah. doing so. It's amazing, uh, and it's worth your time and money. Yeah, mm. I, I would echo that. That. Again, if you're if you're able to do so, um, I've been a couple of times now and it's it's so nice. Like it's so 
uh, just really refreshing. It's so great that these movies are way more accessible streaming wise than they were even just mm-hmm. a few years ago. For sure. And that when you say, I want to watch the Oscar movies, that's way more doable. But if you're able to get out and see even just a movie or two, uh, having that like in theater experiences, there's, there's still nothing really like it. Watch the Oscars, watch the movies and watch the Oscars. Watch them. And then, and then write a letter to your local ABC affiliate asking that they put all of those categories that we rushed through. Um, Absolutely. I also, also watch severance uh, on uh, Apple TV plus. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in it. Uh, but it's fucking awesome. And I feel like no one's watching it because it's Apple TV plus. It is so good. I love Adam Scott. Uh, I would love to watch that. Um, boys, we should go. Uh, but before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me for this four hour odyssey that we mm. did into the movies. Um, and of course, uh, before we go, I just want to say hail Satan. And, oh yeah. Uh, thank you so hail much. Satan. Thank uh, you, God. Is there anything we need to spoil real quick? <laughs> Hey gang, this is Frank from the future. As promised, we have not spoiled anything of these movies, but in the next three seconds, in the remaining three seconds or so of the podcast, Matt did spoil The Power of the Dog, so if you want to see that movie and not be spoiled about the ending, then don't listen any further. I'm going to give you some time to press pause on your podcast player, You good? Okay, great. Back to the end of the show and the thrilling conclusion of our Oscars coverage. Power the oh, dog, yeah. so uh, 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 the kid um, killed uh, him? <laughs> You're going to have to go back and actually put a spoiler alert in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the kid kills him uh that's all the time we have time for um and uh thank you all so much for joining uh we'll see you next time on let's be frank bye